you watched my last episode, I had Adam Lane on. Awesome story about uh, his injury that he suffered from a motorcycle accident. He was paralyzed from the belly button down uh, 14 years ago. I think it was 2007. So if I'm doing my math right, something like that. I can't, I'm not good at math, but he's got a goal of traveling across America on a hand cycle. Uh, and I think he's going to try to do it in 60 days. We'll see what the uh, actual logistics are when he goes about doing that next year. But wish Adam the best of luck in, in that and hope he can raise that million dollars. If you haven't watched the episode, go find the link in my on my YouTube channel. Next up, Johnny Woods. Johnny, back tonight. How's it going, my man? Doing good, man. How are you, brother? Wonderful. Glad to finally have you on. It's been, what, like four months in the talking, five months in the talking, but... It's always one of those things when the time's right, time's right. And uh, you hit me up today and was like, let's do it. And I was like, all right. But Johnny, finally on the show, let the people know who you are. Uh, Let the people know who you are, what you do, what you're about. And uh, and then we'll just shoot the shit. Um, First off, just uh, just a regular old old guy um, that loves country music and loves to be uh, or considers to be himself a songwriter. So. Uh, I'm a Texas country artist based out of Oklahoma and uh, just got started less than a year ago and we've just been enjoying the ride and again Chris thanks for having me on man it's uh, almost come full circle almost since we started talking about this you know six eight months ago uh, yeah back in uh, end of February yeah so yeah that's you know just a just a normal dude that loves loves music and loves to write it, loves to play it, loves to perform it, and uh, getting to getting to live out my dream um, as an artist. Absolutely, I mean shit. Same here. Actually, another plug real quick before we get too deep, and I forget about it. But if you're in the Oklahoma City area and you want to go pick up a print, these prints are going to be available at Trade Menswear in the Farmers Market District, as well as at Woodman Trading Shop in OKC Outlets. And at Martin's premier barber, Cam Martin. He's the Cam, yeah, Cam Martin. He's the best. Uh, he's been cutting my hairs for shit. I don't even know, probably like four years now since my buddy in the Navy left. Uh, go find those. Uh, go, go find those prints. Buy them if you want. If you feel uh, inclined to, that'd be really helpful. But back to the show. I had to get that little plug in. That's a super. Uh, I'm super pr- proud about that. So as an artist, I kind of know. I kind of know that feeling, that grind, where you're like, you know, it's kind of crazy to see where you go a few months down the road and you look back and you're like, damn, like shit, I didn't actually think I'd be here a couple months ago. And that's right. actually kind of same, you know, like with you, it's like, and, and where I'm at, it's like when I hit you up in February, it was uh, to just offer some photo shoots and and then what it's turned into is pretty, pretty surreal. But it's one of those things, like we kind of had an idea that it would be pretty, pretty well beneficial on both sides and also like fruitful in, in the sense of content. But you, right. you probably didn't really see where you'd be like right now, back then. You probably had an idea. Uh, you know, when we, when we first got linked up, you were at like probably what, like, I think, it, I think before that first show in Arkansas, you were sitting at like maybe a thousand monthly listeners or 700, but then all of a sudden now, like three months later, it's gone up. I just checked it right now. You just surpassed 3000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So that's a huge deal. You know, it's, it's obviously growing your, your, your music's getting pushed and it's growing out there. People are appreciating it. What's that like for you? You know, how, how's, what's that reflection been the, the past few months? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I am a, I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. 
just from, you know, the industry that, that I've worked in and, and still continue to have, you know, a day job in the oil and gas industry. And, you know, like you said, back in February, you know, I, I just, you know, February 5th, I released the, my very first EP and you know, my Spotify numbers, you know, I'd stayed right around there between actually around 150 to, you know, 250 up until maybe, um, four or five weeks ago. And we've seen it grow tremendously from, you know, from my perspective, you know, from streams going from, you know, less than a thousand to, you know, the single that's out right now, one hell of a summer is, you know, sitting at, you know, over 10,000 streams. And, and that's just been within the last, you know, six weeks, I would say. And so it's been, it's been really, it's been really uh, surreal to just actually have a plan, create something, and then from there, watch it grow into what it you know currently is or whatever season of life that you're in. So it's been it's been awesome to be you know I feel blessed you know. So yeah, and it's one of those things where like you you know from the, on the flip side where it's like video or photos, but like for you, I can imagine where all this work, all this time, all this, you know, creative energy spent into pre- uh, creating this song and mastering it and really perfecting it and being comfortable enough with being like, yeah, that's going to be the single single that I release or one of the singles I release. And then mm-hmm. once you do, it's almost like it's out of your hand, not like, not that it's out of your hands, but once you, once you put it out, it's like out of your hands and then you watch it grow almost like it's a, uh, like a seed or, or something of sorts. And, and then from there, it just, it even, it, brings up other opportunities you might not even have thought, you know? Right. What, what would be, what would be like your looking back on these last four, just cause since I've known you, there's been a, like, I would feel like since I got linked up with you, there's been a lot that's gone on uh, just in your musical life. Like you've both, you've written more songs since I've met you by the way, which they're awesome. And I hope you can, I hope you decide to put some of those ones out. Cause like some of those, I, I hope people get the chance. Like everyone needs to the chance to hear a couple of those songs that you showed me, you know, and, and you, you know, exactly the ones I'm talking about, but yeah. like, seriously, like you've written more songs, you've gotten more, uh, gigs that are both big, uh, like career gigs, but also like just personally big where you're playing at your hometown for 4th of July, you're playing out at no, you know, in these big events within your home area, you played in, you've played in your birth town, uh, down in Ardmore at Mill Street, which is an awesome venue. Probably one of my favorite venues I've gone to, uh, within, within this area, I'd probably say Fine my too, favorite places, my, my favorite place is still probably Red Rock or uh, Red River. I almost misspoke instead of Red Rocks because Red Rocks is awesome, but dude, Red River was time of my life. Yeah, I was dope, man. It really was. But so looking back, what would you say is like one of the things that you've uh, really honed in on over these last four months? Would you say it's like the the songwriting side of things, um, the business side of things? Like what's like the thing you're looking at right now as because you're you're about to put out a full album. I I think I think we could probably say that. I'll cut it, but you're going to be putting out a full album this fall. So like what's been the process the last few months uh, for what you're doing? creatively i guess um man and i know it for i know that you you work with me and for those that watch this or that are watching this like you may think that these questions are 
uh, <laughs> aged because I've tried to get Chris to just be like, Hey dude, like, can you kind of give me a hint on like what you're going to ask me? And he's like, no, because then it just doesn't no. make it. No, it doesn't make it real. So, and what makes today for me special is I'm going to go back even further um, to uh, 11 months ago instead of, you know, to February and, and just kind of, you know, explain the process and, and why I'm honed in right now with, to answer your question, you know, I'm just honestly, I've kept the same mentality of just being honed in on, you know, what's in front of me, the doors that are, that I see that are cracked, that I, that I know and can believe in myself that I can walk through, whether that be, you know, a concept from a song that, that I gather on the road or from somebody else, or whether that be, you know, the next show or whether that be, you know, getting tighter with my band, like I'm honing in on the things that, that I can personally have somewhat control over, um, to better my career. But, and I'll tell you why that even was even more clear to me today to hone on just to focus on, you know, one day at a time. I mean, I think it's important to dream and to, you know, plan ahead. And I do that and I, and I take those steps, but as far as, you know, what's important, you know, it's, it's, you know, the moment that I'm in. And so I want to go back 11 months ago. I, it was August of 2020 and I was working in Arkansas at the time, um, for, for a company. And, and, uh, I, had just finished hurricane my very first single um i hadn't hadn't found a radio promoter hadn't even even thought about doing that yet it was one of those times where i had had, had written some songs as a as a hobby and a friend had you know encouraged me to record them and i so i went into the studio with just the mentality of uh you only live once, live life with no regrets, you know, you know, that whole mentality and recorded it. And I was working in Arkansas and there was a, there's a live venue in, in Arkansas called or a live music venue called the majestic. And I looked on there and I saw that Sam Riggs was playing that Friday night and I wasn't, I wasn't going home. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go buy a ticket. I'll buy a single ticket and go to the show. So I buy a ticket um, and I end up meeting this couple um, walking through the door. And they're like, have you ever seen Sam Rick support us? No, I've never seen him before, but I really like his music. And which, by the way, if you haven't listened to or know who Sam Rick is, go check him out. Like, I mean, he's a great songwriter, um, very versatile in what he does. and so. Um, so I went to, to the show and they allowed me to sit with them during, you know, during the show up in the balcony. And I remember him, the date very well, it was August 28th, Husser Brothers um, opened up the show, which they were great too as well. And then Sam came on and I just saw the way that he was able to move a crowd, especially in such a shitty ass time that 2020, you know, had previously been and what we were all going through with, you know, COVID-19 and, and all those things. And, 
it was it was that moment like Sam made everyone feel like that they were at they were at the right place at the right time. Like they were destined to be there. And I had a, a pretty pretty clear vision of just myself and the burning desire like after that show that I was like, man, I want to be on that stage. I want to do exactly what he's doing right now down the road. Like I, I never felt that strongly about something because again, this was just for me, it was not, I wasn't trying to make it in the music industry. And so when I left that show that night, I told myself, you're going to play on that stage. Like you're going to play on that stage one of these days. And it was March of 2021. And I had the opportunity to open up for Mr. Randall King and Cody Hibbard there at the Majestic, which you came to that show. And it was so, it was so emotional almost for me to just be in that, in that moment, you know, with people like Randall. Randall was a guy that I had been listening to for, for years. He was kind of a, you know, one of those heroes of mine and was just the nicest human being on the, on the planet. And so that was very, very surreal. But the coolest thing, the reason why I'm talking about that show in August with Sam Riggs is, is August 21st, Saturday, August 21st, next month, I get to open up for Sam Riggs at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Like, to me, like, and I want to thank Sam for, for that, you know, and I've had the opportunity and, and talked to Sam a little bit today just about this, this moment and, like, what it meant to me to see him do what he did, like, and I hope to have that same thing and, and honing in on this. Like if, if my music touches just one person or can motivate one person to go chase their dreams, no matter how fucking crazy it may seem to be at the time, like that I've done, that I'm doing my job, you know, as, as an artist. And, you know, I just want to be, you know, I just want to be genuine, you know, and uh, never lose the humility and, you know, and just, do do what Randall and Cody and um, you know Sam Riggs are doing for me in this moment, and it's just crazy to think that hasn't even been a year, and we're right here. So yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I I got linked up with you in February, late February, so it's not, hasn't even been six seven months, you know, and and just in that stretch, it's been a pretty crazy uphill ride uh, since I've joined the ship. But just to give some people a little insight, don't let Johnny fool you because it wasn't it wasn't in that moment that he wanted to be on a stage. He, Johnny's been playing for a while. Johnny was in a little rock band or so back in the day. He told me about that. And uh, that's a pretty cool story. Can you give some people some insight on that? And, and this is how they know it's not scripted because you didn't even expect me to bring that up. And I know you didn't. But you got to yeah. give some people some insight on that because Johnny started out with some screamo stuff you know so so give some people some insight on that yeah i mean so i mean music has always been a huge you know part of my life and 
you know, since the time that I was, you know, a kid, you know, your mom always tells me, you know, like, yeah, you used to go around singing or whatever, whenever you was, you know, you know, two or three years old. And, you know, that's, that's what my mom tells me. And so, you know, I picked up guitar at the age of 12 and picked up the, you know, picked up drums and, you know, harmonica and a little bit of mandolin. And, um, and so music was always something that I really enjoyed. And I didn't start songwriting until I was probably 17, 18 years old. Um, and just kind of as a hobby, you know, I played, you know, played in church. Um, and so as soon as I graduated, you know, as soon as I graduated high school, it was just one of those things, you know, you know we were at a party and uh, saw a guy that was playing guitar. One of my friends was like, dude, let, you know, let Johnny play. When I played, you know, played a song. I played, I think I remember, I think I played Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls, <laughs> and, which I love the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, so do I. And so I was sitting there and after I played it, this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey man, like you want to be the front man of our band? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, maybe like sounded cool. And so I was like, hell yeah. You know, and so I, the next weekend I went over there and we, uh, and surprisingly, even still to this day, you know, me being 19, 20 years old at the time, these guys, I mean, I remember, I remember very clearly that the drummer that we had, dude's name was Nick Tack. Like he blew me away. Like this dude could, I mean, this, this dude could play the freaking drums, man. Like still one of the best drummers I've ever been around. And they, all the guys that were in that band, you know, from Chris Razor to Chris Fuchel to Justin Martinez, like, like they were all phenomenal musicians and they were, they were in high school. And so that all kind of started that deal. And we, you know, we got in, we entered into the, Oh, what do they call that? Dad uh, Gummit. Talent show. Yeah, it was it was kind of like a battle of the bands. That's okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah almost yeah. like a rap battle, but for bands. Yeah, so they're you know in Oklahoma City battle of the bands, sold tickets, you know, and Bricktown Brewery. Like it was places packed. There was you know a bunch of bands that played there. And we go in there, you know, a lot of these bands are seasoned bands that were, you know, older than us. We were the youngest people there and we walked away and we ended up winning. And, you know, time, you know, time moves on, you know, you, you find, you get serious with the things that you think like, you know, your career, my career was something that I was stepping into and didn't have time, you know, ended up getting married and, you know, having a kid and, you know, just, just being the whole dad and the husband thing. And so I never lost, you know, track of the the music. It was something that I'd always had a burning desire to, to maybe do that one of these days, if I ever had the opportunity, but I also knew how extremely hard it was to be, you know, to be successful, you know, it takes time and it takes money and it takes support from not necessarily the people out there it's the inner circle you know like my wife and you know my family and my mom and my dad and you know the, my very close 
mentors that are that are like parents to me. I mean, it takes that support to even be able to get out of the gate, and then just have to trust the process. And that's exactly what it was. I mean, I can't tell you why I waited till I was 33 years old to to start this journey, um, other than just the door was open and I I took a leap of faith, and from there it. We've just done the same. I've just done the same thing, you know, um, as just walking through open doors and trying not to force the ones that are closed open. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that when we got linked up, you know, and we first talked, that was like for both of us one of those things that we talked about. Like, it's there's doors that open that sometimes you just can't walk past them, and uh, and sometimes when you walk through them, it's greener greener pastures on the other side sometimes it's a little it's a little tougher than you think but you just never know and if you pass that door and you close it before going in you might be turning something away that could be life-changing but uh you know you took you know you kind of got back into this creative sense and and when you restarted this music thing and and since you've been doing it you know you have great musicians around you as someone that's coming from like a different artistic perspective, uh, like when I watch you with your band, whether it's just one person or the whole band and it's, whether it's the same band each time, because sometimes you got to plug and play due to, you know, different people's schedules and whatnot. It's not all, it's not all perfect. It's not a perfect world. Sometimes schedules conflict, but whenever you're around other creative people, other musicians, What's that, what's that like for you, for your creative process, uh, both, you know, inspiration or, and just like going through, like playing your music, that creative feeling, what's that like to have just such great musicians around you? Well, I mean, they all, they always talk about, that's a great question, by the way. I mean, yeah, I've always kind of, you know, I've always considered myself to be, you know, a, a great rhythm guitar player. You know, I don't play lead. I don't do anything, you know, and, you know, musically as far as production and the way things, you know, timing, all of those things, you know, I've always felt like I've had a really good grip on that. And, you know, it's, I think it's really important for someone, you know, if you're going to play an instrument, like you, you want to be the best that you can be. And, but it's also, it's very, it's very rewarding to me because I am surrounded by some of the best musicians and it's very rewarding to me to know that I am the worst musician on that stage. And it's, like I said, it's just refreshing because it allows me to trust, you know, trust Lauren, my fiddle player, to know what to do without me even having to, you know, guide her there or, you know, Parker to, to work on the music and, and to come and play it exactly like it is on the record and, you know, just, you know, being himself and, you know, Nick and John on the bass and, you know, just you know, them doing their thing. And, you know, whether it be, you know, Lucas or Dace or, you know, Jeff or whoever's back there on the, on the backbeat, you know, you know, that there brings just such an overwhelming sense of security as an artist to know that, you know, you have the best people that have your best interest whenever they play a show and they, they, they've gone into it with a mentality of like, Hey, look, if he doesn't succeed, we don't succeed. And, um, and that may not all, you know, 
may not always be true with with every musician because you know people leave and go and 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 come and go whatever you mean but it also it also allows and gives them the encouragement to to know that like hey if we mess up or if we you know play like shit and we're not prepared and we make Johnny look like an idiot up there they're not going to be like you know, Johnny was great, but, you know, fiddle was off of it. You know, bass guitar or drums or guitar or whatever, they're just going to blatantly go, and Johnny sucked. I don't like him. And I've never felt that way with, with those guys. They're all, you know, they're always prepared. And, and so to be surrounded by, you know, musicians that are better than you are is the most rewarding and, like, weight lifted off of my shoulders to just be able to do what I'm doing and trust the process. hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I picked it up right away. Like in each, each passing moment that I spend time with that, your band and you guys, and just spending time around you guys throughout, like both in the moment of gigs and also days where you're not playing and you're just rehearsing or uh, like the travel aspect and each time it's like there, there's moments where you just feel that creative energy and it's like there's nothing else in the world going on but what but what the musician you guys are doing. So, for instance, I'm going to I'm going to give you an example of uh, for this next question. And, and it's going to be I, I just want to know what your one of your favorite favorite moments are in the past few months. And I'll give you mine. One of my, And you'd think it's it would be Red River. It wouldn't be. That's just like one of my favorite places we've been. And I've been ever uh, Red River, New Mexico. I'm just going to shout that out the whole time. I should have wore that little shirt I got there because it's like my favorite. Yeah. But one of my favorite moments uh, spending t- since I've been with you is when we were in. Denver going to Red Rocks. We had just gotten there, you know, there's a whole, that whole shebang where we had to go through the airport and pick up a couple guys. And there's so much traffic. And we had a trailer that we shouldn't have been bringing through there. Well, we finally get to the hotel and you guys still got to rehearse, you know, it's like one in the morning or I can't remember exactly what time, but it was pretty damn late. And there was, you guys just started playing in the, in the lobby in the hotel. And just that alone, was super surreal in the sense that like you guys were just jamming. It was like, it didn't matter that it was like 1230, one o'clock in the morning. You guys just jam and have a good time. Make it, you know, f- piecing out your music and whatnot. But then that lady walked through, walks through the lobby and it's like, what is going on here? And yeah. comes up and is like, are you guys like in a band or something? Like, no, we're not. We're not a band. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you're in a band. But like, that was such a cool moment because it's like, this lady doesn't even have a clue who you are probably. I mean, obviously she didn't, but it's like, she hears it and she's like, wow, she was blown away by the music, rightfully so. And you guys were just, just basically having a jam session. And it's moments like that, that, that is honestly, that was one of my favorite moments because it was just like super cool to have that interaction with such a stranger that she didn't have to, she didn't have to say any of that. And, you know, so, so what would be a similar moment for you? Or even if you wanted to reflect on that moment as well, uh, what would be a similar moment for you over the last few months? Like, um, I mean, there's, I have a few, but like, like throughout the whole process or just like with my band, yeah, the whole process. What's what's been your one of your favorite? And it could be with your band. It maybe it's not. But what's been like one of your favorite moments since you like kind of started this journey of chasing this uh, 
you know, musician career? Man, to be honest with you, you know, I, you know, as much as I, you know, I sit here and talk about, you know, getting to, you know, open for Randall or Cody or, you know, Sam or getting to play with these bigger artists or getting to play at Red Rocks. Like, and all those things are very special and they're locked away in a box because, you know, those people didn't have to give me a chance. And so I'm, I'm very, very grateful for that. And those, those moments mean a lot. But as far as to be raw and real and honest with, uh, with you and with the people is probably, you know, when I wrote Hurricane, I wrote this song and, uh, again, didn't really, I wasn't even going to record it. I just, I, I wrote it with, along with, uh, limousine blues. I wrote those two songs actually, um, back to back days. And then, you know, I kind of set on that and I'd had, you know, you know, about three other songs that I had, had written before, you know, seven, eight years prior to this. And, so and so writing was starting to come back but whenever my buddy talked me into going into the studio and into doing this whole deal and and ended up you know i was funding the first two tracks like just you know with, with my own money and um and knew that it was expensive and knew that you know it knew that it was gonna you know take take some money to do this but it was gonna be worth it for me and so fast forward we've done the you know the rough vocal the rough guitar part and done, done all the things and then you just kind of hand it over to these producers that you, you don't know at all or i didn't at the time and i knew you know i knew the reputation i knew that they were great i mean they had you know they had worked with crossrags and young and jason young and um, you know, a bunch of different artists, you know, all over the U.S. And so up until this point, like I had had my hand in pretty much everything that I've been doing with the songwriting. And so the, the moment that was just kind of jaw dropping to me to get the most was whenever I came in, I sang the final vocals. They wouldn't let me listen to really the instrumental part of it. They're like, we, you know just trust us, this is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And it pissed me off because I'm like, you know, I had the mentality of like, I'm paying good money for this. But whenever I sat down and LG and Trent sent me down in the middle of the studio in the chair and they're like, all right, man, like, are you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I've been ready. And they hit the play button. And that first like drum and, you know, Dobro and guitar intro comes in and you hear your voice come over these loudspeakers for the first time. It was one of the most special moments of my entire life. I mean, getting to see my wife walk down the aisle was the most special moment I've seen. Seeing both my kids born, you know, uh, watching my daughter coming to Jesus and that was like, and the crazy thing is like every time you do that and you get to hear that song, 
like for the first time sitting in that chair, that feeling never goes away because it's something that you have created from nothing, from a thought to a pen and paper or a phone and to a melody. And then it's, it's like a painting, you know, almost. It, it's just that feeling doesn't go away. So I would say that. That's a, that's a pretty cool, uh, you know, that's a pretty, that I would imagine that's a pretty cool moment and, and having it be that first one and ex and actually now looking back and knowing where it's led you since then, it's like yeah. that moment kind of like probably changed your life, you know, in the sense Absolutely. that like, it, it like definitely, it probably definitely showed you like, like, all right, you know, there might be something to this. And, and so did you, uh, did you, you didn't even hear the instrumental part. You didn't even know what the drums were going to sound like or anything else. You just knew what your kind of like your rough draft on your acoustic guitar and your vocals were, and then kind of showed you everything else for yeah. the final song. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. It was, it was really weird. Um, I love LG and Trent. Like, I mean, what's the, what's the name of the studios? TMG. The music TMG group. Gotcha. They're in Edmond. And uh, I love them. I mean, they're they're like brothers to me. And uh, but they were very secretive about what they did with the first two tracks. Um, and I and I and I understand it why now because you know someone that doesn't know anything about you know pr- production or producing an album or a track or whatever the case is. Sometimes they can you know be so meticulous about something that really, you know, majoring on the minors and, you know, and, and things like that. So I think they were just trying to, you know, get me to trust them. So let them have it in there, you know, and they told me like, if you don't like it, you will know, we'll change it. And I'm such a persistent, annoying person when it comes to something that I have that I've created, you know, I, I drove nuts. And so really the only thing that I really, heard was you know my acoustic guitar the drums and the bass line you know just enough to get me to be able to you know have some sort of peace of mind yeah. with like all right yeah. i see somewhat the direction yeah but then when everything else comes together you know you're you're like oh my gosh like this like this is mine my child you know birthed this this child into the world you know and you know and it was and it really you know you said something kind of um uh what you said you said you know maybe it was at that point in time that you realized like oh maybe this is like something and that was the beginning of building the the no confidence that i had in my voice like it it was that that point in time i was like man like this is really great from you know a produced side of things and because like i've always considered myself to be you know a great musician and a great writer and decent at best on vocals and I struggled with that for years. I mean, I had people tell, you know, you know, tell, you know, tell me all the time, 
you know, they're, you know, your mom and dad and your friends would be like, man, you're so good. Like you do something with it. And then, you know, the first time you grow up and someone, you know, critiques you or tells you that like, you're not as good as what you think you are, you know, that starts to build the, a barrier around and you're, you know, become self-conscious for me. It was, and, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really see, you know, and I still don't consider myself to be a great vocalist. I just consider myself to be some, somebody that's got something different. And that's why people, that's why people want to listen to it. You know, like we've already got George Strait, you know, we've already got, you know, a Clint Black, we've already got a Coletzo, we've already got, this and so when people would hear my music like i want them to be like shit that's johnny woods you know like that's that's the goal i mean well when you when you say you want people to be like that's johnny woods what it what's the, like that and i i think i already know your answer but what's that sound you're looking for them to you know dignify or attach to johnny woods hmm. man that's a really tough question because you know, with me being in the Texas country music scene, it's like, you know, I love Texas country and, you know, I love, you know, the red dirt music and where that all, you know, came from. And, and that's what got me to, to do what I'm doing now because I love that music. And so, but I, I don't really consider myself red dirt. Yeah. I don't really consider myself like the, the country rock you know, like Co or, you know, Pegasus or, you know, you know, whoever is out there. And I don't really consider myself to be Honky Tonk or Nashville. So, I mean, I would say maybe like Nashville with a grit. <laughs> Nashville with a grit. I like that. I mean, like, it's kind of one of those things like, and, and you can actually, I told you this, I think one of the first few things I said about your music was like, you kind of got, little bit of everything in there that that ep you have out there you got that you got that slow song you got that party song you got that bluesy song you got that country song you know you got a little bit of everything and it's it's one of those things that's i've struggled with it too uh in the sense of you know with my podcast or really with anything i'm doing i've always been told you gotta niche down you gotta like have a you gotta have one thing it's like no you you, you really don't yeah. like i mean I if you want it to happen if you want it to work it, you got to just do what you want to do because if you try to, if you try to make it something, it's not, it's not going to work. And I've always said my podcast, I don't want it, you know, this podcast right here, I don't want it to be just sports. I don't want it to be just musicians. I don't want it to be just, you know, whatever, just whatever. I want it to be a, whatever I want it to be, whoever I want on, whenever I want them, at, you know, obviously right. if I can freaking get the person, but whatever I want to yeah. talk about, I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have on, I'm not going to do only one thing if that's not what I want to do. And, and it's kind of a similar situation for you. I feel like where you make very good music across the board, whatever, you know, like whatever it is that you, for example, Louisiana blues, that's totally different than like last glass of whiskey. Totally right. different. And, and same as one hell of a summer. Those are completely different songs. And, and that's one thing I really liked about your music is it's just so not one thing. Right. You know? I mean, and that's one thing like I, I purposely, I guess I purposely did it. And then again, I, and then again, I didn't because I mean, even my producers, I'll never forget, you know, Trent had asked me, he was like, you know, after I did the hurricane, you know, 
someone had asked me like, Hey, do you, do you think you can write like a, more of a Nashville maybe song, like more of like, not pop country, but you know, something. With, <laughs> they said, can you write a Nashville song? And you were like, yeah, literally wrote a Nashville, literally wrote a Nashville song. I don't want to break any news. Oh, yeah. Really, but yeah, you, yeah. Played but, it, you played like, it, but I, like you literally wrote a Nashville song. <laughs> yeah. And so I go in, I go in there and I'm like, yeah, like I can do that. Cause I, I've always been focused on like lyrics mean the most to me yeah. about anything. And so I dig deep on those. And so when I wrote one hell of a summer, like I went to my producers and, and I was like, Hey, I wrote this song. Do you think anybody would want it? Cause I was just going to sell it. Like I, I really wasn't even going to, it was almost a joke to be honest with you. And so when I played him the song, LG was like, dude, you got to record that. I said, yeah, I'm not recording that. <laughs> and he was like, no, you got to. And, and Trent said the same thing. And, and so I ended up recording it and ended up loving the song. It's one of my favorite songs to play live with my band. But, you know, Trent even asked me, he's like, so like, what, what are you trying to do here? Like outlaw country or like Nashville? Like, like, let's try to find something. And I made it in my mind. I'm like, you know, every genre or every path that's taken down the road that someone that has been successful is usually a trailblazer of some of some kind some way and i'm like well i don't really know anybody that's got an album that is not centered around anything i mean most albums are you know themed whether it be honky tonk or whether it be you know about you know it's all kind of meshes really you know really well together and i like that and i'm kind of somewhat envious of that because i don't think that i can do that but you know even more in my fiddle player she's like I, you know i love but you know I, I made the comment the other day i was like man i don't like playing limousine blues and she was like why i was like it's just not really country but she's like yeah but that's like what shows you you know shows people like your capability of being able to write different you know, your versatility. Like your range. Yeah, as a, as a writer, you know, and and so I don't really, you know, I thought about it and I was like, you yeah, know, she's right. You know, I don't want to, I don't really want to lose, lose that. It's kind of like, I guess I'm just making, you know, an, an early 2000s mixtape. I mean, it's like we used to do, you know, go on LimeWire or, you know, Napster or whatever it was and, and make a burn CD of whatever, you know, from Nelly to Tim McGraw to, you know, Metallica. Which, yeah, to Metallica or whatever. And I think I never sold music. I never downloaded anything. <laughs> Me too. But, uh, yeah. But, and so I was like, well, what if I did something like that? Like, still kept it in the country genre. But, like, who says you can't have an outlaw song? Who says you can't have a honky tonk song? Who says you can't have a national song? I mean, and that's what we're doing right now. I mean, it's like we've got the slow, you know, God in the radio coming out. We've got, you know, pay the bills, you know, Jackson, those two are honky tonk, like Alan Jackson, Brooks and Dunn vibe in you know, Nashville, Tennessee is kind of that red, is that red dirt, like Texas country feel to it. You know, and then her and nicotine is is a Nashville, you know, feel to it. And so 
I thought that I was going to be able to, to hone in on something like that, but I think maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just. Yeah, dude. Me. I mean, I, I, I agree hundred percent and you know, I could be wrong too, but I think like, just be it, just, that's what you're going to get the most out of, you know, like the best stuff you get is what's actually you. And if that's having a diverse range of styles of music to write, play, sing, whatever it might be, then that's just you. And, and, you know, I think that will keep you, that will stick you out. In my opinion, that will stick you out probably more than like just one known song, you know, because, and you probably, you probably see it in a little bit, but you know, if you have those fans that like, just love all your music, that's what you want rather than just like want, you know, fans that know like one or two songs they Absolutely. might be, the, they might be, you know, you might get hundreds of thousands, millions of streams on them, but then your other ones, you know, whatever, just insanely lo low numbers. Whereas if you just have a consistent fan base that likes all your music, that's probably a more beneficial, you know, gain of fans. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal is just to, you know, when, when and I think it is this way for the majority of people and, you know, the goal is to really just, to write good music. I mean, you want to have an album or an EP or whatever that you're doing, you know, you, you want every song to be someone's favorite, you know? And I, I think that I, I started that, um, with, for myself with the first EP that I put out, because, you know, there's some people who are like, man, I love one of these blues. And there are people like that. I would have never thought they would have said that. Then there's some people that are like, man, I love one hell of a song. But I, and then there's some people like, man, I love last class of this year. Or hard to find or, you know, and things like that. And so, you know, as as a writer, I mean, you you want that. I mean, I wrote, I think I wrote like for the EP that we cut out, that, that we cut, I wrote 22 songs for that EP and threw away, you know, all but all the six and that you know i you know wrote a hundred more since then and only share the ones that i feel like that mike could make the cut and you know right now it's like i've got it narrowed down for the you know the new album is going to be 11 or 12 songs and I've got, I've got to cut about 10 more songs, like from, you know, from the 12, you know, you get to 12, I've got to cut 10 more, 10 more songs. And I think, I think that's a good, a good problem to have, but it doesn't yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of like competition breeds the breeds the best, you know, and, and that's within your own self is you got 22 songs to compete against for 12 spots you're going to, you're going to pick the best 12 and, and then, cause you'll know, you know, however long it takes to decide whatever uh, songs you're choosing, you know, you'll know, like when those moments come where you're like, that song's making the cut, or that song's being on the album or that song is getting cut. When, when those moments come, you'll just know it. I feel like, you know, it's just, it's the same with writing a song. Like when you probably have an idea of writing a song, it just comes to you uh naturally rather than trying to sit there and be like all right gotta write a gotta write about the 
about OU and Texas leaving the Big 12 today, uh, going to the SEC, got to write about that. You you might not get something out of it because it's too it's forced. You know, if you if you get an idea, you'll sit down and write it. Same with the songs. It's the, that moment when you're like, I, I know what songs are making the cut. Those will come to you. I feel like. Yeah, no, I, you're you're exactly right. I mean, it's you know, it's all part of the process. I mean, and you know, a lot of songwriters that I've talked talked with, like they would they would agree. I mean, those songs that you sit down and you have a concept that you write on, or the you know, a hook line or whatever the case may be, and you sit down, and it starts with you know, you know, humming a melody. And then you write the song. It's like those songs that you write within within the hour, um, with no major changes lyrically or melod or melodically. It's like those are the ones that you know are meant to be, like have have a guaranteed starting starting point. They're on the starting lineup of whatever game you're getting ready to, to play, you know, and, you know, there's some that, you know, they take, they take, some of them have taken me a week to write. And there's some songs that I may hold on to a piece of it for, you know, five years. And come I mean, that's how the intro bird came. Like I wrote the intro, the instrumental acoustic, part of hurricane in 2014 wow like ju just just that acoustic intro and i could not come up with anything at the time because i wrote you know last glass of whiskey and another song that's going to be on the album called soldier like i wrote those two songs really really close together and then i started the intro of hurricane with you know no other melody, no words, nothing like that. And then in 2020, it was like the words and the melody came and that was a part of the missing puzzle, puzzle, you know? And so it ended up, it ended up working so bad. It marinated for a long time. I had to just sit in the refrigerator in that freaking Jack Daniels marination bag and just yeah. sit on it. I got one more question for you, and then we'll wrap this up, get the people on with their day. Uh, you got the cowboy hat. That's part of your staple fashion of your fashion. But you also tend to usually have some sort of nifty shirt. Lately, it's been that uh, like colorful vibey vibes shirt you got a couple different color shirts what's your goal are you try? are you gonna be uh are you gonna be a country fashion icon one day is that is that a goal how, how do you go about picking your fashion for the for the day man my wife will, will tell you uh i'm kind of a girl um when it comes to <laughs> you know getting ready i mean i don't really have you know a whole lot of hair left anymore and uh so i can't really blame it on that but you know Fashion and, and clothing has always been something that I've, you know, I've always, you know, really enjoyed. Um, but just from the standpoint of you never, you know, I've always gone in with the mentality of like, you never know who you're going to meet. Like, I, I'm not a person to where I can't just put on a pair of sweatpants and a white t-shirt just to go to the grocery store just because I need something because 
what happens if you meet, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, you, you can tell, you know, it's scientifically proven that you, you know, you can tell within the first three minutes whether you're going to like that person and you almost have a first impression of somebody within the first 15 seconds. So I've always just kind of tried to do my best as far as, you know, fashion to, you know, I'm not trying to be like anybody else. You know, I, you know, I don't wear, you know, nothing. I don't wear a cowboy hat just because I don't look good in one. I mean, I'll wear a, a similar style of a, of a felt hat, but you know, fashion has always been something that's been, you know, a big uh, eye catcher for me. Like when I'm wearing what I'm wearing, you know, when I'm wearing what I'm wearing. And I would, I mean, I would love to be able to design clothes or, you know, to have my own line of, of clothes. You know, I, I wear, you know, regular, you know, wear regular jeans and mainly, you know, different uh, plaid pearl snaps you know, Stetson hat, you know, or, you know, custom made from, you know, shorties or in Oklahoma city. And then, you know, Anderson bean boots, like that's all I wear. That's all I've ever, ever worn since I was able to, to buy a pair of Anderson beans. And they've been great for me and little Joe's boots in Oklahoma city. They're a sponsor of mine as well. And, you know, so I, it's what this hat I'm wearing right now, you know, um, but, you know, so those guys have, have made that, you know, the boots and, and the, you know, outerwear, you know, I, I, mean, I was able to design my own Anderson Bean boot at Joe, Little Joe's and they should be here in the next couple of months. They're going to, it's going to be called the Johnny Woods boot or Johnny Woods yeah. Anderson Bean line. And I can't wait to, to show people that, and, you know, what what I was able to design on that and they liked it so much that they, you know, ordered a whole fleet of them, you know, for Oklahoma city there at little Joe's, you know, at the stockyard. So, um, so much love to those guys, but yeah, fashion is something that's, that's it's, important. It's what they say. Look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Right. Right, dude. It's exactly right. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. Johnny, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Let everyone know where they can find you, your handles, your website, you know, musically speaking. Let everyone know what you need. Plug anything you need to plug right now. Yeah, Johnny Woods. You can find me on Instagram at Johnny Woods Music. You can find me on Facebook at, at Johnny Woods or um, Johnny Woods Official. My website is johnnywoodsofficial.com. And that's J-O-H-N-N-2-N-Y. Woods W O O D S, um, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, iTunes, um, Pornhub. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, uh, it's uh, it's Johnny Woods. Just Johnny Woods. Um, that all may be changing within the next few months. I just signed on with Smith Music as a as a distributor. Talking to them right now about a publishing deal. So I may, because there's another Johnny Woods, and when I started this whole thing, like I said, I didn't know that it was going to get to where it's going. So we're we're uh, we're looking at maybe possibly changing, you know, from just Johnny Woods to um, Johnny Woods and something. 
Well, to be determined, to be determined. We'll leave that for the next episode. Got it. I've got the uh, deal. But yeah, you can find me on there. And uh, I'm not the black harmonica player. The guy's been there for 40 years, but that's another story for another time. So, but man, it's so another. Yeah, dude, absolutely. I'm so happy yeah. we finally did this. Uh, I enjoyed this one so much. It's That was an enjoyable episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait till next time. Everyone, be sure to go to my website, Pellucid Creation, without the S.com, PellucidCreation.com. Check out my photos, video, and not, uh, my videos aren't out there yet. Print services, photo services, the whole nine yards at the bake is here at Rabbit Rabbit Hole. That's it for this episode. See you next time. See you, man.